Chapter 194 of Varney the Vampire. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Varney the Vampire, Volume 3, by Thomas Prescott Prest. Chapter 194. An Eclaircissement, the Innocent Triumphant. It is eleven o'clock. Mr. and Mrs. Lake are standing by one of the windows at the hotel conversing in whispers, while the hopeful son is brushing his hat. "'It is time, you think?' said Mrs. Lake. "'Yes,' was the reply, "'and I will be off now at once, and depend upon you following with Annetta to Mr. Miller's. That you may be sure of. She has had a refreshing night's rest, and this morning she eagerly enough caught at the proposal to take a drive round the principal thoroughfares in the carriage we have hired, so that it is no longer a difficulty.' What is to be done if she rejects? Mr. Lake gave a jerk with his head in the direction of his son to signify that it was of him that he talked. It can't be helped if she does. Then I should say all we have to do is to persevere in making her out no child of Lord Lake and wait for his decease. We must be careful what we are about, though, or he may take it into his head to make some ample provision for her to the decrease of his personal means which I hope to see all ours. The only way to stop that will be getting Miller and the pretended father to make it as a complete part of the plan that Annetta herself should seem latterly to have been a party to palming herself off upon him as his daughter when she knew the contrary quite well. Ah, if that could be done! It must and shall. Miller's ingenuity in such matters is immense. He will accomplish anything in the world. Aye, seeming impossibilities for money. He is just the man for us, so now be off with you at once, and expect me in good time. In a few moments afterward, Mr. Lake set off with his booby son to the lawyers, enjoining him all the way as they went to be especially careful how he maintained the character of a disinterested suitor, which had been marked out for him in the program of the family proceedings. Oh, never fear me, father. Well, I hope that you will do and say the right things, and what is as important I hope you will do and say them at the right time, otherwise you will spoil all. Thus armed at all points, as they thought, for conquest, Old Lake and Young Lake, than whom all London could not have produced two more unprincipled persons, arrived at Gray's Inn, and were received in the outer room of Mr. Miller's chambers, with every demonstration of respect. "'Walk in, gentlemen, walk into the client's private room, if you please,' said the clerk. Mr. Miller left directions with me that when you came you should be shown in at once. All this was very gratifying indeed, and the solicitor was there, seated in his easy chair, looking as full of serenity as possible, and as if the least affair in the world was on tapis. Scarcely had the usual salutations passed when the clerk announced Mrs. Lake and a young lady. "'My wife with Annetta!' exclaimed Lake and in a moment his words were verified by the appearance of the parties he had named. "'Tell me at once,' said Annetta. "'Why am I brought here?' "'My dear young lady,' said Mr. Miller, "'if you will condescend to take a seat, I will explain.' "'Be brief, sir.' The party was seated, and then Mr. Miller, clearing his throat, said, "'Ahem! You are, of course, aware, miss, that great doubt arose in the mind of Lord Lake with regard to your proper identity.' and he sent you over to this country from Italy with his brother and family 
to have those doubts resolved. <clears throat> they are resolved, and you are found to be the daughter of a gentleman now in London. The proofs, sir, said Annetta, with a dignity and a calmness that surprised the whole party. Ah, ah, the proofs. Let me see. Oh, yes. There are the papers. Number one, copy of a confession made by... Stop, sir, said young Lake. Stop. This is... It must be painful to the feelings of this young lady, and very, very painful is it to my feelings, for I have been long fervently attached to her, and let her be whose daughter she may. She is to me all perfection. I love her, and would gladly make her my wife. Let her be named whatever she may. But she is destitute, quite destitute, said Miller. It don't matter to me, cried young Lake. He was playing his part famously. It don't matter to me. I love her and will work for her. She shall never want while I have life-blood in my veins. If this now were sincere, said Annetta, I should begin for the first time to respect you. But you will excuse me for doubting it very much. I likewise doubt much the pretended evidence that you bring forward regarding my birth. A tremendous knock at the outer door of the chambers now disturbed the party. An altercation was heard with the clerk. Then a shout for police and a heavy fall as if somebody had been knocked down, and in another moment the door of Mr. Miller's private room was dashed open, and Lieutenant Rankin, in his undressed military uniform, stood upon the threshold. Annetta, he cried. Rankin, oh, George, George, shrieked Annetta, and in another moment she was in his arms. Here's a go, cried young Lake. I say, young fellow, this won't do. Oh, George, George, said Annetta. They will have it that I am not my own father's child, that I am some nameless, houseless thing. They lie, Annetta, who say so, replied the young soldier. You shall be mine, and the proudest that ever stepped shall treat you with becoming respect, or shall rue the consequences. Well, I think it's time, cried Mr. Miller, in a marked manner, and throwing open the door of an inner room. He added, My Lord Lake, come forth. No doubt you have heard all. Lord Lake himself, the Mr. Blue of the London Hotel, the sham confidential clerk of Miller, made his appearance to the utter confusion of the lakes. "'My father,' said Annetta, "'my dear father!' "'Hold,' said Lord Lake, gravely. "'I suspected, Annetta, from the first, that your birth was impugned by my brother from the most interested motives, and I followed you from Italy. Mr. Miller disclosed all to me, and the infamous plot is discovered.' "'Then I am your child?' Confusion, muttered Lake. Death and the devil, what a contretemps! Stop, added Lord Lake. The strangest thing of all has yet to be told. This plot to make out that you are not my child is but a plot, but it is not baseless as to the fact. You are not my daughter. I have by mere chance found out that lately, and I cannot provide for you, as the resources I have must go to him who will inherit my title. What say you, Master Lake? This girl with all her beauty is destitute. Her name is Smith. Will you have her? Not I, in faith. Thank you for nothing. Will you, young soldier, knowing what she is? I will I with all my heart. She is the highest, brightest treasure this world can offer me. Any name or no name, poor or rich, noble or commoner, she is still my own dear girl, and her resting place shall be my heart. The whole world shall not tear her from it. "'God's blessings on you!' cried Lord Lake, grasping his hands. "'I did but this, to give yon shrinking coward a chance of creeping into favor with me, "'because he boasted so of his disinterested affection a while ago. "'She is my child, the Lady Annetta Lake. I never doubted it. 
and she is yours, George Rankin, and you shall be the dear son of my adoption. I say, father, said young Lake, I, I think we had better go. Curse you all, cried Lake, and doubly curse you, lawyer Miller. You have betrayed me, but I'll be avenged. Through the bars of a prison, said the lawyer, an officer is downstairs to arrest you for two thousand pounds. Ha, 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 ha. Thus, then, it was that this episode in the life of Varney the Vampire terminated. But still he lived, and still there existed all the strange and fearful mixture of good and evil that was in his disposition. There he was yet upon the earth's surface, looking like one of the great world, and yet possessing so few feelings in common with its inhabitants. Surely to him there must have been periods of acute suffering, of intense misery, such as would have sufficed to drive any ordinary mind to distraction, and yet he lived, although one cannot, upon reviewing his career, and considering what he was, consider that death would have been other than a grateful release to him from intense suffering. Perhaps of all the suffering that, in consequence of his most awful and singular existence, was inflicted upon human nature, he suffered the most, for that he was a man of good intellect no one who has followed us thus far can doubt and one cannot help giving in almost at times to as strange and fanciful theory of his own, namely, that this world was to him the place of perdition for crimes done in some other sphere. It must be so, he would say, but as the Almighty Master of all things is all-merciful, as he is all-powerful, the period of my redemption will surely come at last. This was the most consolate thought that Varney could have, and it showed that even yet there was a something akin to humanity lingering in his heart. This showed that, despite the dreadful power he had, a power as well as an awful propensity, he had some yearnings after a better state. What had he been? How did he become a vampire? Did the voice of fond affection ever thrill in his ears? Had little children ever climbed the knees of that wretched man? Fearful questions! if he could have answered them the affirmative, if he bore about with him deep in his memory a remembrance of such joys gone by. End of chapter 194 Read by Richard Wallace, Liberty, Missouri, 7 April, 2010